Support for the Big O Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Summer is coming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code THEBIGO20. Your balls will thank you. Welcome back for another episode of the Big O Podcast. I am your host, Julian Ortiz, and on today's show, I am joined by my first three-time returner to the show, a man who escaped Canada during the coronavirus pandemic and has found himself shacking up deep in the UK, my guy, Anson Henry. Anson, how are you doing today? Respect. A third time. This is a real honor. I'm the first third time guest. Remember the first time when you call me Anston Carter? Because I haven't forgotten. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah. Never never lived that down the from third you. Third time's a charm. Or for myself. I got it right the second time, but I made sure that I had right Vader the there. And the third time, yeah. But respect. Uh, this is big. Yo, I'm hyped about this. I'm like a regular, yo. I'm like Michael Rappaport on Undisputed. Listen, or I don't know. Jackson, I'm undisputed. I don't know if you want to be Rappaport. I mean, with everything that sort of not happened right now. with him, no. he's maybe not the best nah. guy to want to be. But nah. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'll go with Jack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I led with it off the top. You left Canada during the quarantine, <clears throat> still working. Like you're still doing your thing. And you got to see the pandemic from a different perspective, being in Canada for some of it and then being in the UK. What are some of the things that you've experienced overseas that maybe us in Canada didn't get to sort of go through? Well, well, first off, it sounds kind of funny when you say I left. I left Canada for during the pandemic. The funny thing is I, I was coming to see Jade for Christmas, spend Christmas right. here. And I was going to come back maybe a couple weeks after and then, you know, everything would just be regular. But then, um, yo, I came on the 18th and then travel shut down on the 19th. Yeah. So if I literally, if I, if I book and we discussed taking it a a day later, she's like, yeah, I mean, I want you to come sooner, but you can come a day later if you want to. If I did that, then I wouldn't have been able to come. So I was just, I was meant to be here. Yeah. So Wow. One thing led to another, and I'm I wasn't trying to be separated from her, with all the uncertainty and everything. Her and Lucas, um, so I was just like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be here, so I'm here. But I love it here, though. I th- I'd say I'd say in comparison with Toronto, it's it's not as uh, tight when it comes okay. to the whole COVID situation. Like, people are aware, people are safe, but there's some places you go. They look at you funny if you have a mask on. <laughs> they go, it's, come on, man. But it's it's not it's not. I just feel like it's in Toronto. It's very uh, from what I've heard and what I'm from what I've seen. It's pretty it's pretty strict. So it's it's crazy because like your prime minister got <clears throat> COVID. Right, and there was like there was. This, I mean, I say your prime minister like your. Did like you just your say your prime minister? Get, I did. Yeah. I'm Canadian, yo. <laughs> uh, but I do I do kind of like. I don't know. I identify as a British person a, a little bit still, you know what I'm saying? But we're products of our it depends. It depends what mood I'm in. Yo, before I came out here, yo, even before I met Jade, I, I was just fascinated with with British film and British television and British TV shows. And I, I was I was just something about it. It was very well done, very polished, very witty. Very and proper. then I just. Yeah, very proper, but still very raw and very rugged. They're right. way more over the top with stuff than, than we are in Toronto. Toronto's kind of square, you know, but it's like, but um, yeah, so I was already preoccupied with that. But then, I don't know, it just seems like a like the vibe here is just a little bit more real, right. if I could say it in in, in, the, in the easiest terms. So I, I, I just I just love being out here, man. It's just different vibe. I have family out here. Um and yeah, I mean, COVID's around, but I mean, it's just, it hasn't, it hasn't been, I, I don't feel like it's taken up as much of my consciousness as it did while I was in Toronto. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so walking it back, the prime minister of the UK yeah, you know, man. got, got COVID and, and then yeah. beat COVID and it was like strong and beat it. The thing, the thing I love about him is that like, he's the man sort of like in charge, but he looks like 
disheveled almost every time he's doing like a press conference or he's in like the house of commons or like whatever he always looks like he just ran to the podium because he was running a little bit late yeah uh boris you're talking about boris johnson yeah um the most people i come across here don't take to him very well right i'm canadian so i i don't have the the real disdain for him i just go i just hear what i hear right but the general consensus is not the best hey trump got covid too and i'd say the way they view trump <laughs> is similar to how they view him wow from, from from an outsider from an outsider looking on wow like the disdain that people seem to have very similar i know I know everything would have happened with like Theresa May and like Brexit and like her departure and then Boris coming in. Like, obviously, I knew that like the circumstances through politics weren't like that great. But to say that, like, from the outside looking in, that you think that people react to him the way that the US reacts to Trump is, is saying something because that's not a great thing as far as where not, we're sitting. So, yeah, it's not. But I mean, he's got at the same time, he's got a lot of supporters too. So, I mean, Crazy. A lot of people don't even know how Trump won in the first place, but he there's, did. There's still people saying that he didn't win. I mean, there's still people who yeah. say, like, don't believe I mean, We ain't ever going to really know what, what really happened, but, I mean, he got there, yo. This guy was yeah. president. Crazy. Dang. The Apprentice. The guy from The Apprentice. You're fired. That was, like, that was the... my show. That was my show for a little Me while. Me too. Yo, I was on that show hard for a while, yo. For... Um, who was the first winner again? He was he was like a country bumpkin kind of guy, if I remember. He would always wear like a cowboy hat. I can't remember Mike. his name. I think his name was Mike. It was some white guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I remember Kwame came second. Kwame. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was the first season. And, and then the second um, season. Uh, what was what was her name that was also on that show? Shoot. Oh, the blonde, I, the blonde woman. There's a blonde woman, and then there was also like the. Um, what are you talking about the black, the black, the black what, the black woman? No, the blonde, I'm talking about the blonde and the black. Like both of those ladies were. There was Amorosa, but I think she was in the second season. Amorosa was a polarizing figure on The Apprentice. And that blonde woman, I can't remember her name, but she didn't. She wasn't very impressive in the projects, but she could work the boardroom, yo. Yeah. And Trump just liked. He just liked the way she, her confidence, and the way she used to break people down in the in the boardrooms and the arguments and stuff like that and then on the final project she ended up actually doing very well she still lost yeah but what season was that was that the first season i can't remember i don't remember but that was my show i remember I, celebrity apprentice i i you were watched, feeling celebrity apprentice i watched like a little bit of it but i felt like i what i really wanted to see was like average or like business people try to get a job not people who had really? jobs trying to win money for charity <laughs> I don't know. Something about it was kind of seeing them in that subordinate position was that's true. Kinda, it was kind of entertaining to me. Like, is I don't know. It just something about them coming down to right. be regular. I guess was kind of cool. You know. But, no, I mean, you, when you talk about that dynamic, you're completely right because these guys are running their yeah. boardrooms and now they're like vying for a spot to try to mm -hmm. win, and they're mm -hmm. getting talked down to. Obviously, you're in the boardroom all nervous and, sh and shit. Like, it's like. That was cool. It was cool to see the switch. My favorite character from that show was the old white dude who was his like lieutenant guy. He was in the like the one of the boardroom guys, and I can't remember his name, but it was like old white dude with glasses, and he was like one of the guys who would give feedback to Trump when they're in the boardroom and stuff like that. Can't remember. But he was like one of my favorite dudes because he was just like he was just smiling all the time, but he also right. like you know give the dirt and stuff so right. shout out you know we're what we're, we're 10 minutes in we're talking celebrity shout out to apprentice. the apprentice yo <laughs> that was my show for a little while but yeah i can't remember it as yeah. steadily as i should but that was i was on that show for real <laughs> anyways now yeah. only we can go from like having an idea of what i want to talk to to like just getting sidetracked off the jump with like yeah my bad boris johnson uh now we're going to <laughs> donald trump my and the bad. apprentice <laughs> Bringing it, bringing it back a little bit, bringing it back just a little bit. We just, um, you know, obviously you and I, big basketball fans. We just wrapped up the 2021 NBA Finals, and lo and behold, everyone's consensus number one pick to win the title in the offseason, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe not, you know, unanimous or consensus number one, but the Milwaukee Bucks 
in six games dispatched and i'm not even gonna say beat they dispatched the phoenix suns yeah and what i would say is i actually think the phoenix suns after the first two games choked this series away but i would as i look back at the box scores and i look back at some of the games the milwaukee bucks really were the team to win this they they took it from the phoenix suns like they earned it what are your initial thoughts well when you go from the point of potentially being able to sweep and then don't win another game. Yeah. That sucks, man. But um I don't know, they they really didn't have any kind of answer for Giannis. And it was perfectly set up in this new age of basketball where yo, everyone just stay outside and wait for the kickouts yeah. and no one's getting to the to the basket as easily as Giannis aside from well, LeBron ain't even getting to the basket that easy anymore. And you gotta collapse on him. Someone always open. And then it's just they were they were just taking advantage of that, man. Oh, in the last game he scored 50. But I mean, he scored half of their points. But I'm just saying, like, he's he's a special player, man. And if he's hitting free throws, he's really a problem. And I've always liked Giannis, man. I've always liked him. I, I'm really happy that he won. And really happy that he won in the, in the, the, in the things, first right? real championships after the Raptors. <laughs> you just you just had to, you had to go there. You had to the first, you had the to first negate real the bubble. legit wow. championship okay. since thought, the Raptors. I thought we I'm, I'm glad cool. that the Raptors handed it off to Giannis. I like that. I thought we were going to be cool, and then and then you just you want to go you want to go down there. Like, come on, which, man. Which fine. At, cool. Watching these playoffs, were you not like? Okay, I'm glad to see the playoffs. I'm glad to see playoff basketball again. I mean, I was just happy to that? see. I was happy to see sports return. So whether it was in a bubble or not in a bubble, I was just happy to see sports return because that's basically what we were given. There was no other choice. Would you rather have had no sports or no, no, no? Sports? I'm I'm glad they played. I'm just saying, right? Like it, it is what it is. Like it's it just is the, ast- the asterisk comes with it. Just no, um, I'm not saying there's any way around it. I'm just saying the asterisk. Comes with it. You know, I, I love LeBron. I think LeBron's an amazing player, an amazing figure. It's just. You know, uh, I don't yeah. want the asterisk, but you know what I want to see? I want to see on like the table where they show like winners and it's like the Larry OB trophy beside them. Beside uh, the Lakers, I want to see the Larry OB, but with like Mickey Mouse ears around it. Because I think that'd be cool. That'd be like a fun <laughs> way to do it, you know? Like the Disney maybe. the Disney World kind of thing. Maybe. I think that'd um, be cool. I mean, listen, Giannis was. And the the big talk of the offseason is he gonna sign with Milwaukee or is he not going to, right? And and so when he signs, people are like, Well, he's not gonna play out his contract. He's not their team's not any different than what they were. They were actually probably worse from when they lost Bogdanovich to what they did last year. And then all of a sudden you start to see like PJ Tucker, and then you see Connaughton start to play better, and then obviously Brolo, Brooke Lopez will have a game or two in the playoffs. And then Drew Holiday. And they got Drew. And Drew was nice. He was supposed to be that piece. And he gets injured during the season. They're like, oh, I don't know. Is he going to be able to come back? Is he going to be the piece that takes him over the top? And when you look at just the NBA Finals and you look at the numbers of what guys were able to contribute, yes, you know, 50 points, like 85 to 90% from the free throw line during the NBA Finals is Giannis. But you see Chris Middleton be a guy who just also put the bucks on his back when they needed to hitting threes clutch free throws down the down the stretch and then you got Drew who shows up and he averaged over 8 assists a game in the play uh. in, the, in the playoffs and in the NBA finals uh. and you just see when you talk about a team needing a team effort to win a championship the bucks had it but they also had the guys step up when they needed to and not waste a 50 point performance in a loss like we see so many times when you have yeah. like one individual star so the milwaukee bucks congratulations yeah. my coach bud who was again is he the guy he only took an atlanta team that was garbage to a 50 game season they they finished first in with atlanta fired yeah. comes to milwaukee yeah. same thing dominates doesn't win a championship is this what coach bud needed to be like yo you know all i of thought you? about that yeah, that's the ultimate slap in the face. Because he's always, he's proven himself, just never could get the chip, right? Now he has it. it. And 
Atlanta came up short. Yeah. But they you know were again they dominated that year. They're the first place team in the East and they were just yeah. on another level. And then I know. they were who they thought they were. Yo, Giannis ended up coming out coming out on the other side of that injury too, man. Yeah. Because we didn't know it was gonna happen after he had extended his knee, man. And, yeah. and 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 the Bucks were still able to put some wins together without him. That was big. Sure. One hundred percent. They earned that, man. It was a it was a roller coaster ride. And sure. you, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good playoffs, man. It was really when you, good. When you look at those first two games and we looked at, I mean, Giannis had a big game too. Like that was, he had, I think 30 plus points in game two, but DeAndre Ayton had himself a great opening to the series. And you could really see when DeAndre Ayton is getting going, regardless of what he's doing on the defensive end and regardless of what Giannis is doing, the Phoenix Suns are going to do well because they're not relying well, think- on the outside shooting as much as they had to when he didn't play well. And that was really what happened the rest of the series. Devin Booker, hot and cold. Chris Paul, hot and cold. They didn't hit timely shots. And the Bucs were the most consistent team in the NBA Finals. Well, I think Aiton is probably the last... You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the last legitimate traditional big man left in the league. You know what I'm saying? that That is still a factor. He, He... Got good hands, you know what I'm saying? Like he's always ready. He's always ready coming off the pick and rolls and he's always uh you know, active rebounder. Yeah. Um I like his game. I like his game a lot. And it it, it reminds me of, you know, eighties, nineties, eh, kind of two thousands basketball, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Where he's but he's still really mobile. He he can still do his best against a Giannis, even yeah. though Giannis has a slight edge on him quickness wise, but um He's gonna have a he's gonna have a good career. So Phoenix is gonna be pretty good next year. I think it all depends on how Chris Paul comes back. Yeah, he seems he seems motivated based off of the um, the interviews I saw afterwards. Seemed upset, obviously, but of course, <clears throat> just felt like it's you know you, you guys got it this time. And we're coming back stronger next year, but next year is like you never know what can happen, man. And he's getting older, so you don't know how his body is gonna handle getting into the off season and coming back and going through the 82 games again and takes a toll when you go this deeper to the playoffs and sure. come that close and don't win. Right. So I don't know how he'll respond. I know Booker's going to come back stronger. Of course. I think it always on Chris Paul, but always on Chris Paul, how Phoenix does next year. And, you know, we talked about Drew Hill, uh, Drew holiday, and we talked about uh, Giannis, but one of the things that Drew Hill, I know. (laughs) Yo, Drew Hill. Yo, I forgot about that. Yo, (laughs) This guy said Drew Hill. <laughs> oh, man. Ah. Oh, you know, man. When, when I we forgot talk, about them. You can't forget about Drew Hill, man. They had, they had some bangers. They had a couple. They did, couple, man. Couple they numbers. absolutely did. It's just, uh, dang, Drew Hill. Okay, go um, on. <laughs> one of the things that, you know, we, we still don't know of, you know, Chris Paul obviously misses time in the Clippers series due to health and safety protocol never comes out whether he got covid or if it was just a close proximity to somebody and if he did get covid i mean it explains why he could have had the non-traditional chris paul series in the nba finals because we saw covid affect so many players months after they'd got it in the nba Mm. when it comes to conditioning Mm -hmm. just general health i mean he wasn't you know, training during that time, he was just resting up and, and waiting till he had an opportunity. So again, there's a lot to say about all of the different things that you have to overcome in order to win a championship. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. If, if Phoenix ended up winning this championship and Milwaukee didn't, people would say, listen, Giannis got hurt. Drew got hurt. Uh, you know, Phoenix was just, they had the momentum and it would have been okay. But yeah. the fact that they overcame these things to win a title and to win it the way that they did, and then Giannis being put the stamp in the game six, incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Did you really think the Lakers had a chance? I mean... Did you really to, believe it? To put this into perspective, when I bet on football every Sunday, I never picked the Patriots to lose. I know they're not going to have a perfect season, but I will never bet against my team. Right. So when you tell right. me, you know, who's going to win the NBA championship, I'm going to tell you the Lakers are going to win. If you ask me who's going right. to win the Stanley Cup, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. When you tell me the world's, uh, who's going to be a World Series champion, the Boston Red Sox are going to win the World right. Series. Right. Until okay. they don't. That's right. just... Okay. But 
because they had you know, no, absolutely no chance. So I was wondering <laughs> what, how you you're a sports cast. You knew you obviously knew that. But I'm just saying that's good that you were loyal anyways. The conversations but, I have with people and the conversations I have in my head are very different. conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. I like that. I like the loyalty aspect of it. That's good. But to a fault, man. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm like that, too, in a lot of ways. But you got to do what you got to do. Are you ready to unveil your beach bond? Well, you're in luck. Our friends over at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. Complement your summer bond with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. Fellas, gone are the days where grooming our man bits need to result in any unnecessary injuries. Since I began using Manscaped's amazing products, I have completely eliminated those tugs, nicks, and hold your breath moments when trying to groom my man junk. I care about my balls remaining accident free, and you should too. So it's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say, the goat of all ball trimmers? Yeah, I said it. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, all thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And gives you the ability to turn that 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is also waterproof? In the shower or in the wild and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides propriety skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations before heading outside. Use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts in their Performance Package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comforter boxers to another level. To get 20% off and free shipping, use the code TheBigO20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code TheBigO20 at Manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Now, now you being in the UK also got to experience one of the coolest events that was postponed a year, but came back. And I think... I think arguably was like one of the best events that we've ever had since returning from COVID. And that is the Euro Cup final, the 2021, 2020 Euro Cup. And, you know, being in a country that was swept over by the young squad of England before we get to the results of the finals. What was the atmosphere like leading into the tournament? And then once the tournament started and they started putting W after W after W together. You know, what's funny. Um, Jade was telling me that she, it didn't feel like it should more times when, when, uh, when England is, you know, moving on in, in right. a big tournament. Um, but Obviously, it had a lot to do with COVID and everything. But as it got closer, like after, you know, the quarterfinal match and the semifinal match, and we started to realize that it was real. It really started to pick up here. Like we lived down the street from uh, from this bar, and these people coming out of there drunk, just marching down the street, just acting like it's not two in the morning. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and um, so the buildup was definitely big. Most people felt like there was going to be a riot, regardless whether they won or lost. Um, yeah. There was no major riots, but there was obviously a lot of backlash and a lot of heat um, after they lost. But I, I didn't, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm an England team fan because I'm not, I'm obviously, I wouldn't have the same passion as if I was actually born here. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was, I just wanted to see a good game. I, I, I think I put it into the, into the universe that penalty shots happened. I wanted to see a good game all the way to the end. And I wanted the, I wanted the drama. If any, if anything, I wanted them to come out on top. I wanted the drama. I didn't want, I didn't want them to win, especially I didn't want them to win one, nothing. 
right. know what I'm saying? I was late to get where I was going to watch the game. Oh, and wow. uh, not that late, though. I, I was all the, I got there in like the seven, seven minutes in the game, but the first goal already happened. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pissed, yo. So then I already, uh, I was like, I don't want that goal to be the only goal that happens. I'm not going to see no goal today. <laughs> so then I was like, <clears throat> well, at least, at least give me some drama, yo. And there was drama for sure. And, and drama, you, you know, yeah. You know, I played soccer most of my life, and I'll tell you right now. Really? Penalty sh- oh yeah, I played, represented my 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 city, my province, uh, junior team in, in in Canada. So I played a little really? bit of soccer in in my day. Yeah. What yeah, position I mean, you play? Uh, midfielder for most of it, and then towards the end, I started playing keeper. And so, once I moved to keeper, I'll tell you right now, the worst thing in the world you ever want to experience is a shootout. Really? It is. The pressure's on the shooter. Yes. 100%. Right? Like the, the right. pressure's on the shooter. That's too. what I would think. Yeah. However, when you are on that island one on one with somebody, even though the pressure's not on you, you still, you know, even though you're not supposed to make the save, when they score, you still feel it as if, right. you know, it, it, it was your job to stop it. And so it's, it's one of the most heartbreaking. I've been luckily on the positive end more often than not of those. Just like doing that crazy arm and, you know, shifting side to side, trying to play, you know, mind games with people. But um, when you lose in a shootout, it hurts. It really, really hurts. I can imagine. I rate goalkeepers, yo. Because they have a, they have a separate responsibility on themselves. They can make or break a game. They can win a game for you. They can lose a game for you. And you, it's, you're not like the other guys. Yeah. You use your hands. Yeah, damn it. You know, everyone else is using their feet. So that's the, the one big opposite right there. You're just a different, you're you're on the team, but you're just different, man. Kind of like that. Look, I think that's kind of cool. Look no further than the team I cheer for, and that's Spain. Their goalie literally put them behind two times with the most ridiculous decision-making that you could have asked for. I like ain't even ball. see those. Yeah, so one was like the the the, the left back, like chips a ball back came back with a little too much pace and on net usually when you pass back to the goalie with pace you want to move it to either side of the posts but he just completely like muffed the ball they're down one nothing they end up losing that game and then there was another one and he was a surprise that he even made the team because obviously spain has had some great goalies uh, david de Gea was the guy who was supposed to make the team he didn't even get put on the squad we got this other guy, and so I get yeah. what you're saying. Goalies yeah. can make or break a game, and yeah. you know, with England, they had the most consistent keeper next to the Denmark goalie. Yeah, and so it was, uh, it it was definitely a tournament I loved watching. I was glued. I watched every game that I possibly For real? could. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They were on at a, at a decent time, and I'm home from work because I just you know had a son you know two months ago, and so I've been uh, been watching every game, and it was it was. Did you tell me that already? Time. Did you tell us that already? Uh, I feel like you have it. I, I feel like uh, I think I t- last time I spoke to you was probably like uh, no, I did right after we had him. I, I sent you some uh, sent you some pics in our in our group chat. You, me, and Vader. You gotta go check it out. Yeah, yeah. Where on Instagram? On Instagram. I missed those, but congratulations, man. Thank you, That's sir. Huge. Yeah, it's That's huge, man. Son, huh? Two girls and a son, and uh, now we're closing up shop. Now it's time to. It's a good number. Yeah. Three is good. Three, three is what we wanted. Three is what we got. Whether it was another girl or you know, boy, we were content with having three kids. And now I know why people don't go for four. I, think, <laughs> I understand now. But uh, it's, been, it's been an experience. And obviously during COVID, that changes a lot of things as well, right? So there's, right. there's so much going on with, with that. But um, my son and I were attached. We watched all of the Euro Cup together. And so That's wicked. Hopefully he'll have some soccer Absolutely. imprinted yeah, yeah, into yeah, his yeah, DNA yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, you know, we talked uh, what it was like experiencing the games there. And unfortunately, soccer across the world, really, it's not exclusive to one region of the world, but soccer in the world is one of the most cared about sports depending on the country in which you live in and when things are good things are golden you know no better person in the world get the highest clout from everybody but when things don't end up the way that you want them to you get some of the backlash that is really ugly 
when it comes to you know the treatment of players and obviously you know three young black men were chosen to three four and five shooters in the in the shootout they missed and then the country reared its ugly head and it has a history with racism what was that like the ugly side of what happened what was that like in the country what did you feel what did you hear what did you see and did you experience anything because of the way you know things were sort of going on in the country no i didn't personally but um it's the first thing that came to my mind when it was happening because first off i didn't even know why they had marcial and who's the who's the other guy that subbed on in the last three minutes i can't remember his name right now I I can't can't I'm remember. The, I'll look it up after. But they subbed in. They subbed in, in the last three minutes of the game. Yeah. So, but I was clueless as to why you would take them from just chilling on the bench to yeah. all of a sudden the most intense high pressure situation possible. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you remember a long time ago an healthy conversation we did like the most difficult. What's the difficult most difficult sports moment or something like that? And I was right. like taking a penalty shot. I said for the World Cup final, but shoot, your Cup final, it's a final. Yeah, your penalty it's shots. The same, it's the same pressure. Pressure is the pressure is ridiculous. So you go from just chilling on the bench, all of a sudden you just dropped into this position, right? Then Saka is like a nineteen-year-old. And I knew, I, I don't know what it is. And I hope I don't jinx myself right now. I can tell when people are going to make the shot. There's something really? about it. I could just see it. And I, I looked at his face and I was like, there's no way he's making this shot right now. He looked terrified. I mean, it's, he's a kid though, right? So yeah. once it, once it happened, I, I was just like, everybody seen it was the three black guys that missed the shots. You know, me and my, me and my cousin, I was watching it with my cousin and some other family members of his and um we were just in there talking about it you know and i was just like i just gotta hurry up and get to the house I, i'm not trying to <laughs> i'm not trying to be seen on the road it was funny but not funny because there was some right. truth to it obviously you could see you know the tweets that were going out and even people that weren't saying it out loud you know a lot of them were thinking it and uh i don't know i feel like um there's racism everywhere but sure. there's something about British. British racism just seems very traditional, very colonial. It right. just seems very history rooted. Sure. Something different about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, there's a different, there's a different aggressiveness when it comes to it. And um, hey man, I'm a type that just you never really know what anyone's thinking when it comes to how they view you, your race, um, whether they like you, hate you. You ever play video games? You ever play Call of Duty online? You're... I'm, I'm not a guy who puts myself into okay. a situation where you hear the kind of stuff that So this is the thing. Gets said. So now they have party chat to where you you can just be in a party with your friends. Mm -hmm. that, that stuff started happening like PS4, maybe end of PS3, I can't remember. And on Xbox xbox 360 but before you would just go in with random people you're oh, hearing yeah. everybody right yo man <laughs> and the n-word is being dropped at least five or six times a night someone's just saying it because they know that no one knows who they are and no mm -hmm. they're just going to say what's on their mind what they really feel so that was a regular experience for black people when they're online playing video sure. games you're just constantly hearing the word you know what i'm saying and and that's regardless of whether they know that they're playing with another with a black guy. They don't or not, care. Right? If they, they're hoping. They they're care. hoping. They're hoping that some some other black people hear yeah. it. They don't give a shit. So it's just like, but they they're not gonna be they're not gonna be identified. So right. It's whatever. So it's kind of the same. I, I, I've always had that mentality, just not knowing what people are thinking. I'm the type of person sure. who. I mean, I don't, I don't hate anybody. So. But I'm, I'm aware. I'm, I'm always very aware of how people. Not that I care or not, but I'm aware of how people view me, or I want to be aware, just so I understand where we stand. You know, what I'm saying and sure. um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I knew everyone was thinking it. I knew. It, 
and it, you know, some people may ask, like, you know, why would you ask Anson if he experienced anything? He didn't play in the game. But here's the thing: when your country is feeling those feelings, and you know, we've been there through breakups, and we've been there through, you know, any time that we get heated, it doesn't necessarily matter who your initial target or who you know is that upsets you. You're taking it out on everybody. You have these blinders on, and unfortunately, you know, what ends up happening is when England goes through this, and they're, you know five six white dudes and they see you know a black guy or a spanish guy or an asian person they don't they know that he wasn't the one who hurt them but they're just so upset at yeah. what they represent that they'll do that and that's why i genuinely asked you you know did you experience anything because yeah. at that time nah. it's not it, it wouldn't be crazy to think that someone had this misplaced hatred or anger and get redirected at someone who Absolutely. looks similar to what we yes. were representing. Yeah. As well, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it in some random bar. Um, yeah. Cause you never know. You never know. For sure. And there was a, no, I'll, I remember there was a lot of sirens after the game. I'm on my drive home. A lot of sirens, even before, just before the game ended. Yeah. Um, so who knows what was going on, but yeah, man. I mean, so- soccer, soccer fans are another level. It doesn't even need to be like racist. I remember hearing stories of like Colombian soccer teams losing in the World Cup, and then families being hung outside of yeah, their man. homes. Right? Like yeah. it's it's insane. It's crazy. People kidnapped and murdered over a, a game. It's just that- it's just sports, man. Like, I mean, I was I obviously took sports very seriously throughout my life, but I mean, sure. it's at the end of the day. I mean, when the game's done or when the race is done or when anything's done, it's it's done. It's a sport. The people still have a life to live that's separate from sport. They For identify sure. with sport, but there's still someone outside of the sport. But there's there's no there's no um there's no divide anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything crosses over. Especially now with social media and everyone's all accessible. It's yeah. just, it's just out of hand, man. It's just out of hand. People will say whatever they want now, and it's just they have they can actually touch not physically, but they can they can actually have impact on uh, someone they would never even get close to. For sure. And whether it's a celebrity, whether it's a basketball player, or a football player, now you can you can actually touch somebody, man. So it's like. And, just, and you can and you can do actually do it physically sometimes because if someone's tweeting where they are or you know where someone's going to be because of social media, you can make sure that you are in that exact same place. It's true. It's, it's crazy. True. I seen a, a, a tweet that Idris Alba put out the other day about people being verified on Twitter or on social media. Yeah. And um, Idris Alba, the actor. Um, the man who beat COVID. Yeah, that one. He was one of the first ones, the first right. famous person to get it. Yeah, was, uh, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, he uh, he put a tweet out or a picture in a tweet of his words that he wrote. And he was saying basically that um, everyone should be verified on Twitter, not just celebrities, everybody, because there's a lot of people on Twitter or Instagram that are just is either a bot or someone just having a burner account just so they can say whatever nonsense they want to say. Or, um, you know, someone who feels like they're going to be uh, in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So if everyone was identified and you had to actually tie some real information to who you are, then people might control what they say and do a little bit more. Sure. Because verified people, like, everyone knows everyone knows what they see of me is legit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Everyone, so it's like, I, there's not much that I can do that's too crazy or outlandish because... I'll have repercussions. I, I'm, I'm verified. I'm people know who I am, right? Right. But if for some randoms, kind of like man, social media, I got like 48 followers, so it's, who cares? Whatever. Maybe millions of people will see what I say, but right. they're not gonna remember me. I'm not memorable, and I could. And if they're doing it from burner accounts, then a lot of people just go off and say whatever the hell they want, yo. So it's true. I, don't know. I mean. People forget the verification part of like Instagram or social media is that it's you are who you say you are, right? right? Like you have to submit like a a photo 
uh, of yourself, like a photo card or like driver's license, passport, whatever, right? just so that they know that you are who you say you are. Exactly. But we place like the blue check mark on such like a pedestal. Exactly. Right. That we think that it's like, Oh, it's, it's a different status. It's not really a different status. And no. it's so funny because my guy, Brendan Dunlop, who I love very dearly, great sportscaster. He's on TikTok, And in his comments are always like, how did you get verified? How did you like, why do you have a blue check mark? And it's like, yo, I, get that. I, was getting that, I was getting that too. I was getting that too for a while, yeah. but it's like, they're verifying because you okay you're notable but it's sure. not like it's not a, it's not like a check of prestige it's right. just you're notable enough for people to need to make sure you are who you are that's and it. then that's it i think everybody should have to go through that though so everyone I, who's talking about why is such and such well you know what so y'all though i feel like y'all should be verified too <laughs> there we about go that? <laughs> i'm behind i'm behind you Get verified as well, bud. That's that's it. Idris Elba, Anson Henry are the ones leading the charge. Everyone verified, providing you give the supporting documents to back up. Yeah, say you are who you say. And then let's see if you're still talking the way you're talking. You know what I'm saying? When there has to be some repercussions for these people who just lose whatever they say on social media now, man. Because it's just this. When is it? When does it end? When does it stop? I don't. I, I don't. I don't really care if people don't like me, but right. most people can't stand that. Most people, it kills them yeah. if to be to be not liked or to be hated. Right. Imagine thousands of people that just hate you, yo, or got some shit to say about you or some just talking about your flaws or talking about a mistake you made or some game you lost or I don't know what they think of your wife and kids. And it's like, what? Yo, yeah. nobody even hear those those conversations are supposed to happen behind my back, yo. Yeah, they do to your face now. Yeah, or, I mean with their and Twitter you, fingers. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, man, I feel like most of those really famous people don't really look through that stuff, and I hope they don't. But there's some who do. Sure. But it's just, come on, man, it's getting crazy right now. So I wanted to obviously, you know, you being a former athlete. Olympic uh, Olympic athlete, Commonwealth athlete, like you have represented your country at the highest of levels. And I want to get your, you know, quick sort of thoughts on, you know, where by the time this episode drops, we'll actually be starting the Olympics. The Olympics have finally come. They will be beginning with an opening ceremonies. They've actually already started with some events. Right. But, you know, leading into a game like this, and, and you did a great, you know, documentary with, Andre de Grasse mm. leading into this Respect. Olympics, you know, mm. what for anyone who hasn't seen, you know, what were his feelings and thoughts and, and training, like getting ready for an Olympics that may or may not actually happen. Well, there was a stage during the pandemic um, where he didn't even know. He just didn't know what was going to be next. Like he wasn't, he wasn't the one of those people that were doing, doing crunches in the living room or trying to figure out how to do some runs from the bathroom to the, <laughs> to the, to the kitchen or whatever. He wasn't one of those people. You just say, Oh, we can't do nothing right now. So yeah. it was kind of like, yo, we got a, we got a, um, an Olympics coming up and I don't, I'm not even training. I don't even, I don't even know what's next. So right. there was that uncertainty there, but um, I think there was a lot of the, something a lot of athletes had to deal with is the fact that um, the Olympics is a big part of their, their shoe contracts. So yeah. whether it's the bonuses you're supposed to get or whether um, you have an option year coming up and, you know, a lot was riding on what you had to do at the Olympics. There was, um, there was a lot of anxiety built up because of that because of the way track set up is so dependent on the Olympics and Olympic results and even making sure you go to the Olympics is kind of like a lot was riding on it. So technically if you don't go to the Olympics, technically you didn't make the Olympic team and technically they don't have to pay you a certain amount of money because you didn't fulfill this aspect of your contract technically. So a lot of athletes were kind of like, Oh, well, what the heck's going to happen next? You know what I'm saying? So, 
I mean, there's that uncertainty to deal with, but, um, you know, as things started to open up and, you know, the, the new date came out about, you know, July 23rd, 2021 is happening and, you know, being reiterated time after time that the games will happen no matter what, what's going on with the pandemic and just it's happening. Um, you know, athletes kind of found solace in that. And, uh, he was one of them. Like once things started to open up and he got to train again, then, you know, he got back on track, but I think, I think it was just good for him to see, um, to see some hope. Right. All they needed, all they needed was a little bit of hope. You know what I'm saying? But he had some other responsibilities that were coming up too. He just had to see, you know, Neo was pregnant. So things mm-hmm. kind of changed from, you know, only just being th- thinking about the Olympics to the fact that, you know, he's got a, got a kid come in and he's got to try and figure out how things are going to pan out with the pandemic and having a child. And you know that obviously bringing a child into the world during this time. So, you know, ultimately it shifted to what should be the priority. Um, but now he's just, you know, baby's born, baby's healthy. Um, and now it's uh, all eyes on Tokyo, man. So he's literally so, off to the races. Yes. He's literally off. So where he was just laying, the dude just laying on the couch, just bewildered. <laughs> he's far from that now. Yeah. So, yeah. He's the, as Kobe Bryant once said, he is the same animal, but a different beast. Yeah. Yeah. Late, great Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Mamba. Yeah. And I was just Crazy. talking to someone the other day about, yeah, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan while he was alive. I became a fan after he was done. And right. I was just saying, like, he's just someone I wish was still alive, man. I think it would be cool yeah. to see, just see him. And his transition out of sport was so smooth. I admired that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, and we, we keep going up on tangents, but I'm just saying Kobe, even the way how Kobe felt about this upcoming Olympics, I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think his so. second chapter was going to be as great or greater than what he did in the NBA. And yeah. when I say that with like the Mamba Academy, when I say that with how he was helping team USA women's basketball, the ascension of Gigi and the fact that she likely you know, if everything bars out, she's going to be in the WNBA. And now you have a major ally, a face of the NBA now being the face or helping elevate the WNBA. I think the second chapter was going to be just phenomenal. Oh, yeah, man. And it been you know, crazy. sometimes things just aren't meant to be. It's crazy. Well, I mean, he lives on like mm-hmm. no other athlete I've seen this past. So, and he loved track. I remember Love. he came he came specifically to the track to watch the hundred to see Bolt and they interviewed yeah. him after it was in 2012. They interviewed him was it 2008 2012? I mean I was 2008. I obviously wasn't watching it, but I right. feel like when I came back I watched it. But I can't remember. But he was just talking about how fascinated he was with Bolt, yeah, and how he 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 came particularly to watch the hundred and see Bolt run, and he just he loved track, man. So. um we had a lot of attention from celebrities this year um, with Shikari and everything, yeah. which would have been cool at the Olympics. But um, I think it was cool to just see him, you know, people in other sports at that level showing appreciation for track. Cause obviously it's just, it's a sport that I feel like it's a sport that the IOC holds the hold on to very tight because when you think track, you think Olympics. And that's very valuable because track could be popular without the Olympics, but it's seen as if you want to see some good track and field, come see it at the Olympics. And in actuality, shit, if there was a track organization outside of it would, it would, it would kill. It would kill if it was done well, put together. Well, we got the characters, we got the athletes, we got the performances, we got crazy physical feats. Um, it's a sport that's just being held as the ace in the back pocket of the Olympics, but it's only a matter of time, man. It's a matter of time. I mean, you have world championships, you have all of these events that do take place, but you're, you're completely right. For whatever reason, track and field every four years is what people care about. You could win three world championships and in the track community, you are the goat of goats. 
But yeah. if somebody beats you in that 100-meter dash at the Olympics on the yes. grandest stage, they're the only yes. one who matters. I know. Crazy. And I'm just snapping out of that now. The yeah. athletes are... In our last episode, we actually really dove into this. Just the fact that athletes are so... They're so consumed by the Olympics and what it means to them and their career and how they identify it, identify with it. And um, it's just a crazy ideology that athletes have that the Olympics is the dream. It's the dream for a track and field athlete. And I think it's for the, for the betterment of the sport in the future, it's, we got to snap out of that because every four years isn't going to, isn't going to be enough for the sport to maintain. And there's so much more value to it. You know what I'm saying? It just has to be presented in the right way. And it just has to be, um, there just needs to be other options for, for track and field athletes and not just the Olympics. So the last thing I want to talk to you about, get you out of here on a little bit of a high note. Um, Nike has made amazing innovations when it comes to track and field. Obviously they were trying to innovate with a shoe that was going to help marathoners break the two hour mark, which (laughs) did end up happening. However, going into this Olympic games, their shoe innovation has gone to another level so much so that athletes that are sponsored by other brands are being allowed the opportunity to wear Nike cleats for track and field because They don't want to be seen as having a disadvantage because other companies' technology just hasn't caught up to Nike. This is crazy when we talk about competitors of other companies like Adidas, New Balance, Asics, whatever you want to talk about as far as allowing their sponsored athletes to wear another brand shoe. Being a guy in the track and field market, you know, what are your thoughts on what's happening right now with Nike and other brands? Well, the shoes and the equipment is an episode that we've had in our sites for a while. Um, we were probably going to end up having that episode come out, like probably not during the games, probably just after the games um, or somewhere later on in the season because the track season does go on after the Olympics. It's got like four or five more meets. <laughs> um, but, um, and Shakari will be coming back. But anyways, um, the, the athletes that I've spoken to that are just straight up about it, the, the the NCAA champion in the 200 meters, his name is Joseph Fanboulet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to him on Faster Fridays. You tune in Faster Fridays every so often. Every and, um, Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he just, he, he took one of the shoes out for us and showed it to us. And he just like put up the camera and it's like there's something going on at the front of it. It looks like some squishy bubble or I don't know what it is. But he's like, you see this right here? Man, when... When you're running, you don't even feel like you're even touching the ground. And he said straight, he's like, I don't even know how they allow these. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you look at some of these distance events, these records are being broken left, right, and center. Personal bests, world records, the 10,000 got broken twice this year, I think. The 10,000 or the 5,000, I can't remember. Um, And it's just the impact that equipment can have has never really had a huge bearing on track and field before. It, equipment is a huge factor in winter sports and winter sure. Olympics and stuff like that. But track and field has usually been human elements, human right. versus elements. That's usually what it is. But now it's like with how these shoes work, whether it's in the sprints or the distance races or even the long jump or even the shoes people wear in shot put, they're geared so much to helping the athlete do stuff that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do without the shoes. So it's it's just, it's changing the trajectory of how athletes and coaches are going to be having to approach the sport. So we're going to really dive into that, but it's uh, as far as how I see it, I would love to see everyone just do everything barefoot. (laughs) Kick it old school. Yeah. And, but the thing is, it's just people want to see times. People want to see faster times, faster times, faster times. So it's like the other alternative is just get rid of the clocks and just who won, who won the race. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's who, it's I who like won. That. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, because that's how cool. much, how much faster, how much faster are people going to go? It's just going to be a limit. Then what? 
we're always putting all this on world records. So obviously they got to make some innovations and in equipment because you're going to have to push the body to do things that it's not going to be capable of doing. Right. So whether it's how high you jump, how far you how fast, you run, how far you throw, like you could just mark a line. It sounds crazy, but there at least needs to be a competition where there's no measure, no like specified measurements or clockings where it's just, you win. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's interesting because so, like back in the day when you're competing in like, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, you represented your school by just being the fastest guy. That's not exactly your time. It's just, you were faster than everybody else. Exactly. When we did the meet, that is interesting. Yeah. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So equipment's changing the game man. and people are just, they just want to see faster times on the clock, even if it's not totally done by the human which I feel like is veering into a territory I don't want to see. The shoe companies love it. They love it because all people are doing is talking about how these shoes are making people do what they wouldn't naturally be able to do. But it discredits the athletes. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that aspect of it because it's, take, right. it's taken away from the actual talent of the athlete. And people are going to be like, well, they got the shoes on. At least, at least track aficionados are going to be like, well, look at the equipment they got on now. You know what I'm saying? But sure, people are just trying to see these feats, and it, man. And it seems like Nike's always been in that conversation. Cause I can think back now to when Vince Carter was wearing the Nike shocks before he moved to, or either after he came from and one or before he went to and one and everyone rushed out to get the Nike shocks for basketball shoes, which mm. terrible basketball shoe. <laughs> Someone who played basketball and we just tried to wear those one time. Right. But the idea was that you could get bounced because everyone thought that like when you had these shocks, they were going to be springs, right. not absorption, but right. springs. Right. And so, you know, Nike just <laughs> continuing to kill yeah, it. And man. to your point, they're not just beating world records with these distance races. They're obliterating yeah. these records. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm with you. I'm, I'm out on the barefoot races. I'm in with a, first yeah. person to the finish line wins. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm over exaggerating on just the people versus the elements aspect of it, but I'm saying <laughs> it, we got to stay with it reason. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's just, they're getting out of hand with, with this stuff. You know? Listen, Anson, thank you for joining me today. Third time, absolute charm. You know, people wanted to hit you up on social media and see where those check marks, you know, those verified <laughs> check marks are, you know, where can they find you? Uh, uh, you're a funny guy, man. <laughs> Anson underscore Henry on instagram and there's just anson henry on uh on twitter and um we're putting up way more uh social media stuff outside of what i put on my personal social media for for the podcast so unconventional voices of track and field at voices of tnf on instagram um updates during the games are going to be crazy um and we're also just going to be uh constantly putting you know random content out to keep you up to date on a different point of view of track and field that's not the typical um but it's based off of experience it's unconventional which okay. really it's it's unconventional but it's actually real but it seems right. unconventional because it's real you know what i'm saying so yeah i man. like it i like it listen make sure you check out healthy conversations live sunday nights on yeah maybe we still doing that yeah um unconventional just let voices. loose that's it. Unconventional yeah. voices of track and field available wherever you get your podcasts as well. The big old podcast available, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts with full video episodes up on YouTube. You've been having so some make, serious guests, man. That, yeah, listen, man. Diving into a different world now, man. We're, we're doing, we're doing big things. And yeah, it's because you are. of guests like you, where we can oh, have these, these conversations. Three times, dude. Three. Three times. But you know what? When I, when I look at the rundown sheet of what I wanted to talk about, we could easily bang out a fourth episode just on what we didn't hit on. Let's today. do it, man. So we're going to, we're going to have to, we're going to have right. to bring you back. All right. Well, after the Olympics is going to be, who knows what's going to go on after the Olympics during the Olympics is obviously going to be some, so yeah, you know, we might have to sure. do an emergency podcast during the Olympics <laughs> if something wild happens. But uh, make sure that, again, follow the follow the Instagram pages, Twitter, follow the podcast on all of the platforms in which you get your social media content. Make sure you also leave a review on Apple Podcast for both the unconventional voices of track and field and the big O podcast. Leave a five star rating. Tell us yeah, what man. you think of what we are doing, because we love to hear 
from the people uh for my guy anson henry oh don't do that man <laughs> don't play with me i am julian ortiz thank you for watching and listening have a great night everybody respect yeah